Genesis 47. Then Joseph went in and told Pharaoh and said, My father and my brothers, with their flocks, their herds, and all that they own, have come out of the land of Canaan, and behold, they are in the land of Goshen. From among his brothers he took five men and presented them to Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to his brothers, What is your occupation? They said to Pharaoh, Your servants are shepherds, both we and our fathers. They said to Pharaoh, We have come to sojourn in the land, for there is no pasture for your servants' flocks, for the famine is severe in the land of Canaan. Now therefore, please your servants, please let your servants dwell in the land of Goshen. Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Make your father and your brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. If you know any able men among them, then put them in charge of my cattle. Joseph brought in Jacob, his father, and set him before Pharaoh, and Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Jacob, How many are the days of the years of your life? Jacob said to Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Few and evil have been the days of the years of my life and they have not attained to the days of the years of the life of my fathers in the days of their pilgrimage. Jacob blessed Pharaoh and went out from the presence of Pharaoh. Joseph placed his father and his brothers and gave them possession in the land of Egypt, in the best of the land, in the land of Ramses, as Pharaoh had commanded. Joseph nourished his father, his brothers, and all of his father's household with bread according to their families. There was no bread in all the land of Egypt, for the famine was very severe, so that the land of Egypt and the land of Canaan fainted by reason of the famine. Joseph gathered up all the money that was found in the land of Egypt and in the land of Canaan for the grain which they bought, and Joseph bought the money into Pharaoh's house. When the money was all spent in the land of Egypt, and in the land of Canaan, all the Egyptians came to Joseph and said, Give us bread, for why should we die in your presence, for our money fails? Joseph said, Give your cattle, and I will give you for your cattle, if money fails. They brought their cattle to Joseph, and Joseph gave them bread in exchange for the horses, and for the flocks, and for the herds, and for the donkeys, and he fed them with bread in exchange for all their cattle that year. When that year was ended, they came to him the second year and said to him, We will not hide from my Lord how our money is all spent, and the herds of cattle are my Lord's. There is nothing left in the sight of my Lord but our bodies and our land. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread, and we and our land will be servants to Pharaoh. Give us seed that we may live and not die, and that the land won't be desolate. So Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh, for the Egyptians sold every man his field, because the famine was severe on them, and the land became Pharaoh's. As for the people, he moved them to the cities from one end of the border of Egypt even to the other end of it. Only he didn't buy the land of the priests, for the priests had a portion from Pharaoh and ate their portion which Pharaoh gave them. That is why they didn't sell their land. Then Joseph said to the people, Behold, I have bought you and your land today for Pharaoh. 
Behold, here is seed for you, and you shall sow the land. It will happen at the harvests that you shall give a fifth to Pharaoh, and four parts will be your own, for seed of the field, for your food, for them of your households, and for food for your little ones. They said, You have saved our lives. Let us find favour in the sight of my Lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants. Joseph made it a statute concerning the land of Egypt to this day that Pharaoh should have the fifth. Only the land of the priests alone didn't become Pharaoh's. Israel lived in the land of Egypt in the land of Goshen, and they got themselves possessions therein and were fruitful and multiplied exceedingly. Joseph lived in the land of Egypt 17 years, so the, sorry, Jacob lived in the land of Egypt 17 years, so the days of Jacob, the years of his, of his life, were 147 years. The time drew near that Israel must die, and he called his son Joseph and said to him, If now I have found favour in your sight, please put your hand under my thigh and deal kindly and truly with me. Please don't bury me in Egypt, but when I sleep with my fathers, you shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burying place. He said, I will do as you have said. He said, swear to me, and he swore to him. Israel bowed himself on the bed's head. Joseph takes five of his brothers and his dad and brings them to meet Pharaoh. So these, they're in the land of Goshen. They're not close to Pharaoh. It's a small journey and um, Sometimes it's hard for us to kind of get a sense of the geography of these foreign places and the times involved in traveling and, and all of that. But anyway, it was, a, it was a, an effort to do this. And uh, Pharaoh inquires how old Jacob is. Jacob says he's, you know, 130. And he says his life has been short and full of problems. <laughs> I'm not laughing because it was short and full of problems. It's... it's um, just one of those things. He, um, Jacob was a man who, who lived a complicated life. And we think back to 53 years before this, when he was 77 years old and he deceived his father by going in, pretending to be his brother, stealing the blessing off his brother. And um, he deceived, he, and he not only deceived, he dishonored his father. And we, there's a promise, you know, in the Ten Commandments. One of the Ten Commandments is to honor your father and your mother that it will go well with you and you'll live long. So you can see that along with the, 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 the idea of honoring your parents is a promise. It's the only one of the Ten Commandments that has a promise. And it's basically that along with the concept of honor towards your parents is the blessing of God upon your life. We see that Jacob at least on one occasion, dishonored his parents. And we see that he's here admitting to it not having gone well with him, for him not having lived long, and his life being full of evil, is what he described here in the World English Version. In, in other versions, it says full of problems. And so I, I think we're kind of seeing the, the dishonoring promise working out. In the same way that you honor, a blessing comes from God, but if you dishonor, the blessing doesn't come. And um, some people might say, but hang on, J 
Jacob was 130. That's pretty old. True, old compared to us. But back then, you know, like Abraham lived to 175. Isaac lived to 180. You know, it was common for people to live a lot longer than 130 in this period of world history if they were healthy. And Jacob is comparing his life with theirs and saying, you know, my life's been short and it's been full of problems and you can't deny that his life was full of problems. And so I guess it's a reminder to us to be people of honor, especially toward our parents. And some people think that it's only a command for children, but no, it's a command for people. And you may be an adult, and but this command still applies to you. You do meet people occasionally as a pastor who say that they hate their parents. Well, you know, we, we don't choose our parents. The Lord chooses our parents. The Bible says in Acts 17 that God has determined the times and places where we will live. So the Lord chooses our parents for us and our parents don't do everything we wish they would have done. But neither do you as a parent do everything you, that your children wish you would have done. None of us are perfect. And so we're not necessarily told that we have to agree with everything they do, but we're told to honour. And honour comes from knowing the fact that we wouldn't have life without them, that we're here because of them. They raised us, they changed our nappies, they educated us, they taught us, they equipped us, they strengthened us, they've done so many things for us. And so they are worthy of honour and the Lord commands it. So it can be a choice. If your heart is not in it, at least you can choose to honour. For some people, um, for the noted radio commentator, Dennis Prager, he talks a lot about this. And he, for him, the concept of honour means staying in touch with his parents, phoning them up once a week and chatting with them and being interested in their lives. That's how he interprets honour. It could be various different things. But I think certainly it's making a choice to have a high regard towards them. And I think it gets easier as it goes along. Now these promises, you know, the promise to honor that it might go well with you, these promises are all through the Bible and a lot of them are general in nature. So in other words, this is generally what happens when you do this. In other words, um, if a person was to save money, they'll generally get wealthier as time goes on. That's not always going to happen because sometimes unpredictable things happen and the promises in scripture can apply in two ways. They can apply in general, like they apply to most people in general, but they can apply in specific, where as you take a hold of a promise and you seek the Lord, the Lord can make it yours. And we need to do that with the Lord's promises. But sometimes the Lord has a different plan for different people. So we see someone like Jeremiah the prophet who was cherished of the Lord, and yet his life was short and full of problems. Yet no doubt he was a man of honor towards his parents. So the promise didn't fulfill for him in general, but the Lord no doubt rewarded him in many, many other ways, and especially in eternity. And occasionally you meet people whose lives seem to be fabulous, but then people full of bad attitudes and you can be assured that the scriptures say their sins will find them out and that every man will receive what is due to him on the day of reckoning. So the Lord in eternity and on the day of judgment will sort out every matter. So these promises are true and they generally work for all people, but occasionally you will find exceptions to the rule. So finally, the chapter ends and it says that Joseph, uh, people ran out of money 
So Joseph swapped the grain for their cattle. Then he swapped the grain for the land. And in a process, Joseph came to control everything. And Pharaoh ended up owning everything in the whole land of Egypt. And then it says he taxed them 20%, one fifth of all their earnings. He put them to work and then what, everything they made, he took one fifth. And I think that's quite reasonable. And it's a great principle of contributing to the country in which we live that it may go well for all of us. The chapter finally finishes by saying that the Israelites multiplied exceedingly. In other words, they had a lot of children. <laughs> and we're gonna find that out in Exodus when the time comes for them to leave the land and they've got two million people. They did, they did definitely exceed. So Father, I thank you for this chapter. And I thank you for the promise that things will go well with us. And we wanna take a hold of that promise today and make it our own. And Lord, we do today want to thank you for our parents. Thank you for the role they've had in our lives, raising us. I thank you for my dad and my mum, who've been a great blessing to me. And I ask you to richly touch them today, John and Hazel Alley. And Lord, help everyone to join me in this prayer and bless their parents today. Lord, let our hearts be full of honour to them and let your promise be true towards us, that our lives may go well and be full of your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.